Let me just get my new jacket. Whoa, this is huge. When did this happen? Wednesday. This jacket has completely changed my life. When I leave the house in this, it's with a whole different confidence. Like tonight, I might have been a little nervous, but inside this jacket, I'm composed, grounded, secure, I can meet any social challenge. Can I say one thing to you? And I say this with an unblemished record of staunch heterosexuality. Absolutely. It's fabulous. I know! And I'll tell you something else. I'm not even going to ask you. I want to know, but I'm not going to ask you. You'll tell me when you feel comfortable. So what was it? 400? 500? Did you pay 500 for this? Over six? Can't be seven. Don't tell me you paid $700 for this jacket. Did you pay $700 for this jacket? Is that what you're saying to me? You are sick! Is that what you paid for this jacket? Over 700? What did you pay for this jacket? I won't say anything. I, I, I just want to know what you paid for this jacket. Oh my god, $1,000. You paid $1,000 for this jacket. All right, fine. I'm walking out of here right now thinking you paid $1,000 for this jacket unless you tell me different. No, all right. I'll tell you what. If you don't say anything in the next five seconds, I'll know it was over 1000 May 3rd, 2015. Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome to May. Can you believe it? Where is this year going? No. I mean, my God. How can it be May? No. That's what I said. No. Mm-hmm. I refuse to accept this. Preach it. I'm going back to April. All right. That's it. I'm leaving. Who's with us? Going back. Everybody to the time machine. We're Let's going go. back one month. We're going to chill <laughs> At out. At least. You know... While we're at it, let's just go have Christmas again. Backwards. Mm. Backwards Christmas. Okay. No? So we just give everything away. What? All the gifts you receive, then you would be giving them back. No! <laughs> <coughs> okay. Well. No, that's no. Forget I said anything. I've forgotten. <laughs> just like everything else you say. Hey! Well. <laughs> okay, so... Wanted to tell everybody that Kingery is back in production. The factory's churning scripts. Have, uh, the first script is being edited as we speak and will be going to cast later this week. And uh, then, you know, lines will be coming in. We'll be getting back into production and, uh, and off we go. And I write a script. Uh... Now, we don't uh, have a premiere date for that yet. Uh, but once we do, for the season eight of Kingery, when we have a pre pre premiere, I can... Wow. You can words? Sometimes. Can you words? Only some of time. <laughs> Once we have a premiere date for season eight of The Kingery, we will be sure, of course, to let you know. I think for a change, we should just not tell them. Or maybe we won't. Surprise, Kingery! We'll be like, you have to go check the uh, coming soon section on the website on your own. You need to be a responsible listener. Mm, we'll teach you. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, post it What's as we mentioned before us? oh I did uh, before I move on I want to say this that uh, season 8 of the Kingery will once again uh, the scripts will be edited by Teresa Keller who is coming back for the season to do the script editing so welcome back Teresa nice welcome. to have you okay so what yes okay we mentioned last time that uh, the pendant Shakespeare has its 50th episode coming up and we're trying to do an anniversary reel but we need your submissions to make one happen and you have three more days to get those in. May 6th is your deadline. So talk about Shakespeare. Talk about your favorite thing about our Shakespeare. Talk about your favorite people in Shakespeare. All of that stuff. Some of those things. It can be short. It can be long. Whatever. Just record it and send it in to jeffrey at pendantaudio.com. And you, too, can be in the Shakespeare anniversary reel. 
You can. You really can. We're not lying. Nope. You will be immortalized in an audio podcast. <laughs> Elite Club. That's right. Until society <laughs> ends or the internet dies. One of those. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, so. Okay. Also, last thing to mention uh, is that on May 27th, we will be releasing uh, the Pendant Shakespeare blooper reel. Good d- Mr. Director Landon Bell has put that together, and uh, we've been holding on to it for a while. We've got a bit of a gap in uh, new episodes coming out, so we're going to be putting that out there so you all got something cool, new, hilarious to listen to. So look for that on May 27th. That's right, because if you're thinking hilarity, Shakespeare. Usually. Yeah. He's got comedies. I know. Not quite like this, though. But anyway, um, <laughs> and that is it. Uh, the only other thing to mention is that uh, this is your only twip for May. But we will be back in June, right before the premiere of season two of Henderson and Havner. Fantastic. Very exciting. Yes. From down on the farm, we have Landon Bell on the line. Hey, Landon. Relax, everybody. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Pretty well. How about you? Good, good. I think we finally got a stable something here. A stable internet connection. Yes. Those responsible for yesterday's technical difficulties have been flogged and removed. Yeah, courtesy of Ganymede. Okay. <clears throat> courtesy of Ganymede. Yeah, well, he has some things to make up for. Yeah, I know it. He still has a few IOUs out there. Eventually, I'm going to call him in. Eventually. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have questions, and hopefully you have answers, or this is short and one-sided. I have answers coming up my eyeballs, which is actually not convenient since this is audio, so I'm going to have to translate them into vocals that you can hear. That'll help. That'll help. <laughs> so, it's been about a year or so since we since we left, last left our hero. Um, you've been doing some stuff for seminar. I've been doing stuff for seminar. That's what I said. (laughs) Stuff. (laughs) Yes. Um, so I wrote, uh, since last time I wrote the short Africa, which was in seminar 61 Mm -hmm. and I wrote Chronomata, which was in 62. Mm -hmm. And that was just released this week. Yeah. This week, this week. Um, which, if you've not gone to listen to it, go listen. Go listen. Yeah. It's good. And there's I... raccoons and comic books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it. I really did. I was like, okay. And then there's the thing, and I was like, oh, man. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of lots of non-spoilery. Ooh, for, for everybody there. Um, there's, there's Jack Kalk doing the coolest voice ever. Ever. He needs to use that voice in more things. <laughs> because that's that's my new favorite Jack Kalk voice. Yeah, if you liked Kalok, you're lo- gonna love this. <laughs> and he only has a few lines, which is that makes it twice as cool. <laughs> Jack leaves an impression. Jack leaves an impression. So, um, what can you tell us about Kurnamata that uh, won't won't set off the ninjas, but where did you get the idea? Chronomata. Um, 
so I kind of talk about it in the commentary a little bit. Um, but the real idea is I had three different ideas for shorts and stories. And I combined them because I wanted to do a story about a train job and a story about time travel and a story about, uh, or, or a story using found footage as the framing. And it just kind of worked together. Mm-hmm. So I, I smushed them together. I mean, a big old audio s'more. Sent it off to Susan. She liked it. It's in seminar now. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it usually happens. You you make something, you send it to Susan. She either loves it, she either hates it, she either sends you edits, she, she either tells you you're nuts, or she either puts it into the show. <laughs> we love you, Susan. We love you, Susan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, Susan's actually really fantastic at editing uh, for the show. Um, her reactions to that script were kind of funny. <laughs> you have to get those released somehow, someday. So, so tell me, you know, we an editor edits, but what? How, how important is having an editor? You know, as you've been a writer now, how how important to the whole process is is the editor? The most important part. Like, forget, forget everything, anyone ever tells you about. Struck screenplay structure or anything that the editor is the most important component to making a script the best it can possibly be. Um, <clears throat> take for instance, uh, Africa, which I wrote a while back. That script started out as a mini series, and that just didn't work. So I I was listening to the Toto song. Africa, <laughs> of all things, <laughs> and the the symbolism in the song just kind of struck me, and it made me realize that you can't tell a hunting story in North America where just people are sitting in the woods hunting, you know, animals for game. It's it's got to be the animal is an antagonist against the hunter. You've got to have that element, or otherwise, in audio, it's just kind of boring. Do we have? animals in north america that people hunt that are as dangerous or as risky as what's out in africa i I wouldn't think so but i'm not a a Uh, or anything well i mean i live i live in a hunting corridor of the u.s i would say okay and uh i I mean you've got bears bears are non-harmless uh yeah that's true they're 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 absolutely harmless uh buffalo can be mean but people don't really hunt them anymore um mountain lions stay away from people and even in africa i mean lions are usually not threatening to people um people usually go in and hunt them really for no reason and that was that was something i tried to be very careful of in the script i tried to create a scenario where the lion was going after people for a legitimate reason and the hunter was going after the lion for, in her mind, a legitimate reason. And uh, Susan helped to flesh that out a little bit. Um, for the longest time, I, I kept trying really hard to avoid a Moby Dick scenario. Um, but with a little prodding from her, a little prodding from Jeffrey, we found a nice happy medium, I think. But it just it tends to be the nature of hunting stories. Anytime you've got someone going after an animal and they are obsessed with it you kind of always wind up with 
Captain Ahab. Whether or not the outcome is the same as his, you you always kind of wind up with that. And they they kind of they kind of help me realize that. So yeah, to answer your question, editors are extremely important because if they hadn't prodded me in that direction, then Africa would have been a totally different story. <laughs> and Chronomata would have been a totally different story and everything I've ever written would have been very different. <laughs> so it's more than just uh, making sure the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and switching you, some things around. You gotta make sure your W's are wobbled and your Y's are yippied. Uh, <laughs> or otherwise it's gonna be crash and burn or just kind of like, eh, yeah, we kind of like this. You know, people listening to it, they're just gonna be like, well, we kind of like this, but eh, not really. So you're like, what's the next short in the show gonna be like? You've got... The last two episodes of Seminar, you've got stuff in those. Uh, you have other stuff forthcoming? I have five scripts that I'm currently writing, <laughs> which... Um, well, you're busy. I decided I decided a long time ago that I didn't want to put a bunch of scripts on Susan's plate until I was ready. Um, so I've got these five scripts. My plan is to get like about half of them to a place that I think is done then send them to her ah. um then let her work her magic <laughs> but i don't want to waste her i don't want to waste her time until they're ready fair enough so susan you've been duly warned <laughs> <laughs> landon is looking out for your poor poor brain <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> from my brain to the editors what do you think makes audio drama great because we at Pendant seem to be keeping to tapping into it because our stuff is awesome um but what do you think makes audio drama great wow that is a tough tough question to answer i think uh, it boils we, down to we do ask the hard-hitting questions i think it boils down to drawing the audience in like i remember with dixie there were all these little nuances that just sucked you in the first time I listened to Dixie, I had this big, gigantic school assignment that had to be done over a weekend. Mm -hmm. So I literally locked myself in a room for about five days. Or no, it was probably more than that. But I just locked myself in a room, went out to eat and do other things. And um, in between, I got bored and I was like, I've got to listen to something. So I found Dixie. Uh, on iTunes and I listened to it plowed through the whole entire series over that weekend and just the little nuances in those first few episodes just sucked you in for me that that is what I think makes audio drama great because like movies you've got visuals and music you know it's it's a sound that soothes the soul uh, books you've got a story written in prose you can get inside people's heads audio people's voices can get inside your head. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's like books in that respect, but it's playing out. And you've also got the opportunity to play around with just soundscapes. I was hugely inspired when I was younger by the Myst series of games. Anyone who's ever played them will know you play those suckers with headphones and you feel like you're there. You feel like you're there and it's just a point and click game. And so I always strive for that when I'm, when I'm directing, when I'm listening to shows, I listen for that. And Rodriguez is 
fantastic at doing that. If it, anyone who listens to the commentaries, you'll hear her talk about how she'll just stick in little little sound effects like a fan on a desk here or a telephone here ringing in the background, and it really it really draws you in. That is that is one of the things that I think is so great about audio drama. So, do you remember specifically what from Dixie were those nuances? Really, because Dixie was done in the style of an old-time radio program, so it didn't have soundscape nuances as much as it had script ones. Ones mm-hmm. in the script and ones with the dialogue. Um, so a lot of times an episode with, would end with Dixie saying some kind of exclamation, like some variation of, Great Scott! It was alliterative. So it was yes. like two, two words with the same uh, first letter. Yes, and it would always happen... It would always happen after something really exciting or really intriguing happened. And so you would want to go listen to the next episode immediately. Um, There were also little nuances like with the way Billingsley spoke, the way his dialogue was done, uh, the way Seth scored the show, um, the way Jeffrey played the commercial (laughs) announcer. Mm Mm-hmm. Still to this, to this day, I can't quote all the commercials, but even though I've only listened to the show in full once, there are ones that I can quote a lot, like uh, Umket Super Death Agent. It <laughs> kills bugs dead. <laughs> and uh, yes, that that is my favorite uh, Umket commercial. Yeah, that possi- possibly Umklitz as a second. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Which, Umklitz is actually a good example. Um, the little nuances between the Dean and uh, Noel, the way they speak. Mm. One of them's like, Say, you all know where we can find a couple more bottles of this, do ya? <laughs> Cracks me up. That's That takes me back. Thank you. Pandadaudio.com slash show slash Dixie. Shameless plug. All right, so let's talk about um, Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yes. There's a bit about Shakespeare. What approach do you take to directing Shakespeare? And and I guess, how is it different when you're directing for audio drama where the actors are all over the place and not part of, you know, a daily rehearsal daily production and do you spend do you find yourself in contact with the actors and if so what what kinds of things do you talk about i don't find myself in contact with them often uh usually just when i send out scripts anyone who has ever been in the pendant shakespeare bless your soul for reading all of my script releases (laughs) (laughs) they are very long-winded (laughs) long-windedness is my curse but I, I like to give character directions, the main cast list in a script release. And I like to say, you know, this character's got this nuance, and they've got this going on, and this going on. And I like to say, you know, read into this, try this, try this. You feel free to do this. If you've got a questions, let me know. Um, and usually I find the actors do better when I don't tell them what to do. Like, like if I just, if I give them a nudge, or if I prod them in a direction... They take it places. I'm reminded of <clears throat> Act 5 of Julius Caesar and 
if you go back and listen to the commentary, I was talking about how my original plan for that was to direct it and have no music until the very end. And lo and behold, all my actors come in and they give me these amazing performances that I was not expecting. I gotta have music for this! <laughs> I can't do this without music! And so I wound up with having a lot of music in that act except for in some of the battle scenes. Um, and then, of course, near the very end when I wanted to use a specific piece of music. And it, it turned out very nicely. It, it probably turned out better than it would have otherwise just because i had actors who were really smart on their own <laughs> they were really smart they did something really smart and there we have it the rest is history yeah i i like the way act five came out i planned from the very beginning of that play to end it with taps that was that was something i had planned and i'm i'm glad nothing happened where i didn't have to ditch that plan entirely mm -hmm. if you weren't directing shakespeare or maybe that's relevant or not what other show would you have liked to have helmed in the past or that's going on now that you think would would be fun to have uh been directing um the misadventures of allender and friends <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say Tabula Rasa. Oh, the thing about Tabula Rasa is it's my favorite pendant show by far. By far. And I love Dixie, but Tabula Rasa's better. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, problem is, I would almost be afraid that I couldn't do better than what it is right now. Like, I would have loved, I would have loved to have a crack at that. Uh, but what Anna has done, what Jack has done, uh, what Dave did when he was assistant director. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I could fanboy for an hour. Well, <laughs> we might get in trouble. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I've had the, the pleasure of um, meeting Jack. Um, and we've, we've talked about Tabula Rasa. And um, we've talked about Tabula Rasa with Jack here and with him in the hot seat. And, you know, it's it's a great show. It's very different from... It, 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 it's almost like you think it could be a procedural, but it's not. It's um, sci-fi, but it's not. It's... It's action, but it's not. Right, it's like... It's, all, just, it's just straight-up character drama. Yeah, yeah. It's it's genius. Absolutely genius. And, I mean, it's it's it, it's so good... That my favorite character is a character who has never shown up. <laughs> but my other favorite character is Ganymede, followed by Jane. <laughs> Just because... Of the real characters. Of the, of the real characters who have shown up. Uh, those two characters have a lot of parallels going on. And they have a lot of things happening in their lives. They have a lot of baggage. They are fantastically intriguing. And I love I love some of the things that they have done with uh, Jane, just because she's a blind character, and you're listening to an audio drama with no visuals. So when you get a flash, when you get one of Jane's flashes, you're getting what Jane's getting. No other audio drama can do that. I mean, you can you you can try, but you 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 just can't do it. And yet here comes Tabula Rasa, plodding along, and oh my goodness, it does it. It blows your mind every episode. 
Yeah, there's always something that makes you go, what? <laughs> yeah, like Sam Sullivan. I mean, oh my goodness. I'm just fanboying here. Yeah. So I have another Tabula Rasa question for you, but I want to finish up um, Shakespeare. All right. So when you're doing casting calls, why specify no unnatural British accents? Is this it a, is... I was going to say, is it a Dick Van Dyke thing? It is a Dick Van Dyke thing. <laughs> um, very much so. Because we have gotten auditions in the past, and this is no offense to anyone who's ever done it, because I have actually cast some people who have. Maybe they gave me something that just worked. But the reason we put it there is because there are people who, if you don't tell them otherwise, they'll just be like, Oh, Shakespeare, I must do this ridiculous British accent, and now I don't sound British but um, they'll give this crazy accent, <laughs> and it's either Dick Van Dyke, or it sounds Australian, or it sounds Indian, and it's not—it's not, it's not um, reflective of the character. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what we care about, because I mean, if if you go back and read the history, actually, back when Shakespeare spoke, he spoke like Americans. The current British accent is a new thing. Um, and people have long said, Shakespeare sounds better in an American accent. So American accents, not necessarily, not necessarily saying they're preferred. Basically, unless you're British, don't push it. <laughs> use, your natu- use your natural accent. Um, because these are characters who could easily be immigrants. Uh, they could be nationals from other countries in the short or in the story. Um, take, for instance, Comedy of Errors, which is coming out in a few months. Uh, that's an instance of characters from multiple countries in the story, um, which we wound up going with similar accents for everybody. Mm-hmm. But but that was just a matter of trying to fit voices. Um, if we didn't have to fit voices, mm-hmm. I might have tried uh, switching up accents just a little bit. But well, yeah, if, the, if that answers the question, uh, mm-hmm. we the, the only reason we don't do it is because we don't want hammy performances that are not reflective of the characters um one submitted question wasn't so much a question but just a comment um i will give you 10 bucks cash money if you make the romeo and juliet sitcom i'd up that to 1250 easy okay (laughs) (laughs) you let me tell you you talk to a one mr colin kelly (laughs) and we'll make it happen because I would be a liar if I said that Act 1 is not almost done being adapted. <laughs> might, <laughs> might be finished by the time this interview aired. Interesting, because I have talked to Colin Kelly. I uh, was very hot seat. I've been working on it off and on, just a little bit. I mm-hmm. don't think Colin even knows this. This is the big reveal, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I finally um, get to scoop something on this thing. <laughs> this is Jordan's big scoop. I think you have a career in Hollywood journalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of work on it off and on mm-hmm. just because I find that it actually works. Um, <laughs> because the, the thing with the play is it's not a bad play. Don't, don't take our criticism of it as us thinking, yes, Romeo and Juliet is a bad play, and we are just pretentious. Um, no, no, it's a very good play. I've always understood the reason why we don't want to 
air quotes, we don't want to do it, is because everybody does it. Everybody does it. It's overdone. Which is why I say this whole idea of doing it as a sitcom is genius and we would crush it. Doing it as a sitcom gives us a chance to make fun of the cliches that have grown out of everyone doing it. So you, you get to poke fun at all those things and you get to poke fun at, oh, ha ha, these two star-crossed lovers, aren't they idiots? <laughs> <laughs> You get to poke fun at that. Um, plus, then you get this big... Well, I'm not going to spoil that. Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. I have interesting things in mind if we ever do it. <laughs> I personally hope to hear it. You heard it first on Twip. <laughs> Listen this... to the Gottlieb. <laughs> this, this in, this just in. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you the Gottlieb. <laughs> this is Twip. With Susan and Jeffrey and the Gottlieb. <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit. Tell us about Rasa Thoughts. Rasa Thoughts. Or more appropriately, hashtag Rasa Thoughts. Hashtag Rasa Thoughts. So it started out of the desire to start live tweeting episodes. Um, of course, by, by that time, I was already totally in love with the show. Uh, wanted to marry it and... <laughs> Go start a big family in Canada. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but no. Uh, so you had previously done Avalon Thoughts. And I thought, hmm, we could keep up this Thoughts thing. We, we could just make that a pendant thing. So I thought about it, thought about it. And it was originally just going to be... No pun intended. Tabula Rasa Thoughts. And then I realized, no, we can make this funny and so I took the tabula off. And so now every time someone says Rasa thoughts, what they really mean is blank thoughts. <laughs> and so every time I do Rasa thoughts, I'm having blank thoughts. Nice. Which is the brilliance of it. Similar thing. I have a similar thing with quick thoughts. You know, it, it's word thoughts. Mm -hmm. it, it's uh, adjective thoughts. Um, similar thing with Rasa thoughts. So, for those that haven't seen the tweets, what kinds of things are you tweeting about? Um, oh, the highlights. Um, I fanboy about every single character. I talk about how sad the situation is with Raphael and Lakeisha and Jane and Ganymede, and I could name everybody. <laughs> um, one of my favorites that I do is Don't Do It, Keith, uh, which if you'll go back and listen to the last season, you will understand why. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, Keith and Psycho is not a good combination. No, the, no, I personally think that's an accident waiting to happen. No, but it makes for very good storytelling. It does. Uh, you will also hear me going on about Matthew Allender um, and how he should start a bake sale with Quick Audio's Roe Butler and how he secretly has uh, his own other show outside of this show that no one knows about and how, you know, when the show ends, there's probably going to be Allender fan fiction. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I've said and way too many times describing this. But that is slightly 
uncondensed, condensed version of Rasa thoughts. Okay, so if you want to see the 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 blank thoughts that have been put out there, um, go out to dinner, uh, Twitter, and uh, <laughs> or go out to dinner. Log into Twitter and <laughs> do a search on hashtag Rasa thoughts and Landon's latest blank ramblings and reactions to uh, Tabula Rasa. And, and join me. Calendars. <laughs> join me. Join me in the madness. <laughs> There's only like two people that tweet other than me. It's uh, Jack and Damien Haywood. <laughs> and we need more people than that. Well, I, had, <clears throat> I hadn't jumped in because I had done the um, Avalon Thoughts and I wanted to let you have, make this, you know, your own thing. I need no things. <laughs> I have things. I don't have things. <laughs> and that's kind of like what you'd be seeing if you do that search. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <clears throat> all right. So, um, all right. Um, some bullet questions. Marvel or DC? You're asking me to take sides, okay? No, I'm I... just asking you Marvel or DC. You're asking me to take sides. Um, I'm just going to say Marvel because I grew up mostly on Marvel. Okay. Um, and also because their current film slate and the way they handle their cinematic universe blows DC out of the water. Like, that's not that's not a comment on Man of Steel at all. I like that movie. And I probably just attracted some haters saying that. Um, <laughs> I like that movie. But what Marvel's doing dwarfs it in comparison. So we'll see... We'll see what they do when uh, Batman vs. Superman comes out. But right now, mm-hmm. Marvel all the way. There's very little that can top uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in my mind. And Agent Carter in Daredevil. Loved Agent Carter. <laughs> Agent Carter was phenomenal. I cannot listen to that song, Uptown Funk, without thinking about Agent Carter since, ever since I saw that mashup on YouTube. <laughs> that, it, it is forever part of that show to me now. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, do a search. You will be pleased. Actually, I just I loved the soundtrack of that, especially after we did Twelfth Night and we had the uh, the jazzy soundtrack to that. Mm-hmm. I loved listening to or, or, or watching a show and then getting to listen to their jazzy twenties ish soundtrack, mm-hmm. which which just the show takes place in the fifties, late forties, early fifties. And so that sound just kind of carries over, but brilliant. Favorite Muppet? I don't know, but we'll go with Fozzie, just because Fozzie. when I was younger, I used to love saying, Waka, waka, waka! <laughs> and Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. Okay. Not even a contest. Okay. Not even a contest. And, and I think I have to ask this one just because... If I answer it wrong, I might get slapped. Right? Right? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> tabula rasa or tabula rasa? The answer is, of course, tabula rasa. Very good. Because if if I were to say tabula rasa, I would feel so sorry for Jack. I mean, I could probably hear his tears miles away. <laughs> because I love tabula rasa, but I mean, you know, tabula rasa... It's got mm. a place in my heart, so I'm going to have to go with it instead. Yeah, it's painful. Do you have anything else? I know we, we touched on the, the five scripts you're working on. Do you have any other projects that you want to you wanna talk about? 
Um, at Vocal Loco, I am a writer and director on various projects. I was a co-creator on a audio drama called Equals Match, and that's an equals sign if you go search it. Um, sci-fi, romance, drama. Quite intriguing. Probably nothing else like it that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, I was also a director on another show over there called A Voice in the Shadows, which is currently on hiatus just because they had a, a, a recent producer shuffle. Mm -hmm. uh, but th that should be coming back <clears throat> in the near future. Um, and I'm also a co-writer, co-creator on a, another show over there called Gunmetal Clergy, okay. which is about as cool as it sounds. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but that is not, <clears throat> that has not yet gone into production. So if you follow my Twitter feed at The Bellman, um, you would be able to see whenever the casting call for that goes up. Shouldn't be a long, long time, but it will happen eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and um, which answers my next question about uh, social media. Do you want to uh, put those out there? Um, I know it's got a different spelling that most people would probably think of. Of course, I am at the bellman. Bell spelled B-E-A-L-L -L, because my ancestors couldn't spell. Um <laughs> And there you can catch my musings, my, my musings, excuse me, uh, my thoughts. Uh, blank or otherwise. <laughs> blank or otherwise. I, I also do quick thoughts uh, for quick audio. Pendantaudio.com slash show slash quick audio. I do seminar thoughts sometimes, not often. Um, and that's mostly just because there's so many shorts in it that I don't feel like I can do them the do that I, I need to, uh, especially when I have a short of my own on there. So if you would like to take up the reins of that, please do it. Please do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get enough feedback. Oh, and you have one other thing coming up. Ooh. Uh, what would that be? From Shakespeare. Yes, I do. Uh, and I almost forgot it. The Anthony and Cleopatra casting call goes out this week which by the time you listen to this it will have been last weekend uh so go check that out pendantaudio.com slash casting calls uh actually we have... sure where we are with the airing um i'm gonna i think it's this coming weekend so the casting call will be near the airing of this. It, it will be near when this interview airs yes um but we have a ton of roles to cast for Antony and Cleopatra. So please audition, because my Antony and my Octavius and my Soothsayer and my Lepidus don't want to be alone. <laughs> or have multiple personality disorder. Or have multiple personality disorder. Also, uh, Cleopatra is probably one of the coolest Shakespeare characters ever. Mm -hmm. So you should audition, ladies. Ladies, audition for Cleopatra. <laughs> iconic character of history bingo and um facebook tumblr any other i'm not on facebook yes i'm in the anti-facebook camp so <laughs> so enough. yeah i'm i'm mostly just on twitter and vocal loco at vocal-loco.com um there's a ton of awesome things going on over there so i like to think of them as the the communal version of pendant like like pendant has 
a top down structure. Top make sure make sure that all production gets done on time. Mm-hmm. And Vocaloco has a more communal structure where, like, some people on the bottom are handling production deadlines and scripts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you wind up with a a totally different type of production style. It, it's a it's a nice kind of contrast to what Pendant is, mm-hmm. because Pendant is it has a nice filter to it that creates consistent types of quality. And then you've got places like Vocal Loco, which the quality is consistent, but it's wildly different from person to person, which is a, which is a good thing. This is a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I like both styles is what I'm saying. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you once again for taking the time and being able to uh, be flexible with the technical difficulties. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to me ramble and being long-winded like I'm prone to do. <laughs> me and my cross of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and we will send this back to Jeffrey and Susan. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, May 18th, Sonnets, which is more Shakespeare for you to listen to. We were just talking about that. Next time on The Pendant Shakespeare, The Sonnets Return. And this time, I'm prepared. Prepared for battle, that is. Hit it! When forty winters shall besiege thy brow and dig deep trenches in thy beauty's field, thy youth's proud livery, so gazed on now, will be a tattered weed of small worth held. Mine eye hath played the painter, and hath stellet thy beauty's form and table of my heart. And perspective, it is the painter's art. Hey, what's that supposed to mean? I thought we were doing insults again. Not marble, nor the gilded monuments of princes shall outlive this powerful rhyme. But you shall shine more bright in these contents than unswept stone besmeared with sluttish time. You know what? I'm not even going to try to top that. Poetry takes the stage again when the Sonnets, Part 8, premieres on May 13th, 2015, only at PendantAudio.com. And coming out every Monday and Friday, quick audio as usual. La la la, the show is almost done. There you go. That is it. We are done. It's the end. We're going to get on out of here because, man, let me tell you, we have been so busy, y'all don't even know. So tired. Oh, my God. Remember when we used to sleep and stuff No, I do not remember when I used to sleep. mm. But I hope to find out soon. While I'm doing that, you be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash pendant audio, the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash pendant web, and the Tumblr at pendantaudio.tumblr.com. We'll see you back here next month. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I got a pillow, please. Okay. Yeah.
That's my lullaby. You don't like it? You want to hear the second verse? Does it go la la la? La la la. Same as the first. It's kind of the same as the first. What? All the gifts you receive, then you would be giving them back. No! We love you, Susan. We love you, Susan, yes.